Welcome to Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast for every type of runner, with Sean Soban and Russell the Runner. Run wild. I love the chase and the hunt, and I set the pace when I'm running. I always take what I want, and I always give it 100. Don't need a bank, no, I'm funded. Play the game like it's nothing. I'm always thankful for something. Don't take for granted, stay humble. Now wake up! It's time to look at the enemy. Look in the mirror, if he is no friend of me. It's not working out, maybe it's the chemistry. It's time to break up, so I can make a better me. Better believe in your mind, cause it's everything. You can hold shape, find almost anything. All it takes is some time and some clarity to find your identity. It's mind over everything. Hi everyone, and uh, welcome to Trail Tales ARP, our first episode of 2024. And I, I could not think of a a more inspiring human to to join us for our first episode of Trail Tales ARP this year, Thibaut Delacroix. Am I pronouncing your last name correct, Thibaut? Perfect. Thank you so much for having me again. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to have you. And I think I, I'd like to start off by by mentioning that uh, I'm sure our listeners have heard that the podcast is changing this year. Uh, truthfully, Sean uh, is incredibly busy with all of his different life circumstances, and I'll be mainly uh, the host of the podcast this year. That said, it's very much still Sean's podcast. And uh, and uh, I'm I'm excited to take the reins of interviewing amazing humans like you, Thibaut. Thank you. But it's good as well, you know, to get some another host. He brings something new as well. Just I love Sean, but I love to speak to everyone. It will be different with you. It's good. Definitely, definitely. We we've spoken so much these past couple of years, and it's nice uh, to finally uh, connect on here. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, so let's let's dive straight on into this. For those of you who didn't hear the episode uh, with Tebow and Sean last year, Tebow has taken on an incredible challenge this year. Yeah. Yes, you have. It's <laughs> you. You have registered for the Triple Crown Under because it's yeah. in Australia and, and and those types of areas of 200 milers this year. And for those of yeah. you who don't know what that means, that, that means Tebow is is embarking on three different 200 mile journeys this year. And he just finished his first 200 mile ultra marathon ever recently. And we, we've got him here on, on the podcast. How, how are you feeling? Um, a week after, I'm still a bit sore, you know, just I still have the legs mostly around of the ankle, calf and knees who can have soreness, a bit of pain, but it's nothing, nothing crazy. I was able to walk the next, the next day and I jump on a indoor bike for half an hour or just four days after just, you know, to make the legs moving, but uh, no, it was pretty good. And, uh, I'm going to see my podiatrist 
just after and uh, you know just he will be the one who told me if i can run again or not <laughs> definitely that that make that all makes perfect sense i mean obviously you you had a 67 hour a multi-day adventure based on that the recovery would be quite extensive of course yeah and and you know just i feel good my body feel good my mind feel good i just want to go out and go for a run but the problem is i don't know if he's deeper damage he can be inside of the ankle inside of the knee something we don't see something we don't feel but he's here and i just don't want to do it again and again and again and overdoing just for training absolutely yeah. being very in tune with your body would be critical right now to ensure that you're that you'll be strong long term yeah i mean from what i can see you look strong albeit the areas you're describing clearly aren't on camera <laughs> yeah, yeah but you know it just is i don't know is as a coach when i have athletes do 100 mile race i will recommend at least a week of non no running and the second week to maybe do two 5k in it and you know is what i'm doing right now but i just did double of the distance i have to speed up my recovery to go for the next race but it's not always what is recommended it's for that i'm doing I'm doing with specialists at the moment. I want to go see my podiatrist before I go for a run because if he told me it's too much damage in my ankle, I don't want to go. I prefer getting another week of recovery. Absolutely. <laughs> that all makes perfect sense. I'm glad that you're seeking out that professional consultation in order to ensure yeah. that you'll be... It's hard. It's hard, right? It's odd. I just want to go for a run. But... Of course you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I bought myself two seats. <laughs> that's I'm 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 grateful that you're sitting because that's definitely the right thing to be doing right now, as you know clearly. Uh the one of the first questions that I want to ask you, Thibaut, are I mean, perhaps Sean touched on these things, albeit that was about four or five months ago. I'm curious, what what are the most substantial reasons that led you to the pursuit of Project 24 this year, which for those of you who didn't hear the prior episode, Project 24 refers to your triple crown under a 200 milers. Yeah, I'm basically just, when I reach the 100 mile, uh, my first 100 mile, I wanted to do it under 24 hours and I miss it of an hour. After that, I said, okay, I'm not doing anything else until I do under 24 hours. I did it on my second one. And after that, I said, oh, I need another challenge, you know? And it's where I've been looking for, for a 200 mile race. And looking for this, I found the triple crown. And this has been just what? Three three times 200 miles in a year. I consult my partner, say so just, okay, I find that. I really want to do it, but we have to commit for full year of it. And my partner said, okay, we do that. This year is about your running and we do this. And just say, okay, let's go. It's basically for me the next challenge to see where I can push myself, where are my limits basically. That puts it into perspective uh, yeah. based on how you 
had two previous 100 mile ultra marathon adventures you you knew that you had good experience especially in in cracking sub 24 hours on your second yeah miler you you needed something that next uh journey that would be that would be scary enough for you right is that just i since the beginning i did progressively i start with a 5k race i've been on 10k race half marathon marathon 50k 100k 100 mile and now i'm at 200 mile just we will see maybe uh in one or two years we go for more <laughs> <laughs> you're uh you're you're full-on in on this uh ultra marathon train uh, that that much <laughs> is clear especially after this latest uh multi-day adventure it, yeah. It's interesting in, in ultra marathon and uh, obviously we know mental fortitude is of uh, in, incredible importance. And it's interesting the saying 200 is the new 100, which truly makes no sense. Albeit, well, what what do you have to say about that after your first 200 mile adventure, 200 I, being the new 100? <laughs> Just... Honestly, one thing I discovered doing it is actually really like the distance. I really like the effort because it's less speed, slower, but it's yes. more time, you know. And I feel like it's more my jam of running, more, you know, just if you told me, oh, you can choose between 100K or 200 mile, there's a lot of chance I'm going for the 200 mile. I really like it like the distance i like the community i like the people the mindset of the people as well in it you know it's a bit different of shorter distance because when you reach a 200 mile it's not really racing the the race will start like like for me when i saw i was getting the second place of it and i just wanted to keep it i had 100k left I already done 250 and is where my race start. Before that was just a long run with friends around. You know, just is it's really rare your your race starts in the first 10k. They will start maybe in the last hundred k and is where the position start to show up. But it's yeah, it's more an endurance thing than a race, you know, we just Definitely, that that all makes perfect sense. As as the distance grows, uh, in essence, I, I, it sounds like we have the same perspective of it, it's it's truly not a race. It's more of a journey, and it's deeply personal. and And you're you're finding out and learning way more about yourself along the way. And I mean. The place, I mean, it's incredible that you finished in second place, Thibaut. C- congratulations on that. Yeah, Albeit, I, I, I'd i say that it's more important that you had the journey regardless of the placing. And I'm sure yeah. you agree with that, right? Yeah. And the second place never been in my target. A podium never been in my target. I was going to do the distance. And it, it happened in the race or... I was getting the second place. And if I was running smart for my last 100K, I will be able to keep it, is what I did. The, my last 100K was just smart run, you know, thinking when to run, when to walk, how long to, to stop at that station. And basically, yeah, what I did, I tried to keep in 
with the guy who was running the 100 miler. I tried to keep his pace for the last 100k because he was still fresh. He only did 60k when I joined him. <laughs> and uh, and he was doing, he had 100k left and I tried to follow him. Basically, what is got me a good position and a good pace. For sure. That's, <laughs> that's quite amazing when you describe it that way. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it, truly, of course, it's it's mainly uh, a multi-day adventure and you're you're enduring the best that you can. And the, the pacing, the final 100K, I can see how it would be management between running and walking and what feels yeah. right based on the state of your body. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had one point on the second last leg, just before reaching the last head station. I was walking, I was in the night, it was windy. We were just under the, uh, the wind farm and we had the noise of the, of the wheel just impermanent. And I was so tired. I was not drinking properly, not eating. My stomach was fucked. And I was yeah, and I was getting dizzy on the track. Say, so, oh no, I'm, I have to reach this station, take a break. And that's what I did. I get a five minute nap, and it's been enough to keep doing for the last ten k. That I was one of my questions for you was going to be what were uh, your lowest points, and perhaps even your lowest point. It sounds like that was your lowest point. Yes, that right? was definitely the lowest. That that would be difficult in terms of how to orient yourself properly, albeit you did it and you reached that next aid station. And but is, is one thing is this happened? I was already 235k in the race already. I had 10k to go max, 15k to go max when I reached the thing, and I was there. Just oh, what I'm doing, just let's keep moving slowly. But keep moving to the next station and I will reassess. Then I just I didn't want to stop on the track and see it or anything because I will never start back. Or I will fall asleep on the track. And but because I, I've been pushing a bit. I only slept two hours and a half for the full race over the 67 hours. That's incredibly minimal sleep over essentially yeah. three days that's it's amazing how your body continued to move with that little amount of sleep uh do you was it a huge amount of caffeine that kept you going i didn't choose much caffeine i i think i drink one coffee over the race and i didn't use any of my caffeinated products okay it's That's just the motor, just keep moving slowly, but keep moving and just the desire to finish it. That's it. That that makes perfect sense. I mean, when you're all in on a dream, the caffeine isn't it isn't fully necessary uh, no, at it, all times it, because you you will be fully invested in what you're doing and your brain will be wired in a different way. And clearly that's what was happening for you over these three days. Right. I, and, I, and I'm not a big fan of caffeine product or energy drink or stuff like that, because when you use it, when the effect stops and you get the crash, you have to sleep, to rest or to 
get another one. And if you get another one, you're in the role. You can't stop until the end. And sometimes it's not beneficial. The body rejects it at one point. Later, you can use it better. Yeah, at, at a certain point, you your nutrition may become compromised and you, you need to readjust and adapt to the changes that are happening in your body, especially after a couple of days on your feet, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How many, I'm curious, how many aid stations were there in total across the 200 plus miles? Oh, it was, I factor is that there, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 15 doing the math on that it sounds like it is by the way it sounds like the ultra marathon was <laughs> a greater distance than 200 miles was it 210 miles it was actually a little bit more because 200, okay. <laughs> 200 miles is what is 320 322 and, to be exact uh, 322 yes the base of the race was 346 oh okay okay well Based on and that, it was uh, it was two hundred and that would be two hundred and fifteen miles <laughs> divided yeah. by fifteen aid stations. I'm I'm very good at math. I'll uh, two fifteen. That would be two fifteen divided by fifteen. That would be just under nine miles per yeah. section. And that's and that's quite that's that's a good amount of aid stations. Yeah, and it was actually a little bit more because you that is only the station I had on my paper where I, I was able to have a crew, but it, okay. it was three more stations in it. Oh amazing. It, it meaning in total it was 18 aid stations then? Something like that, yeah. That's but okay, it, that's wonderful. Essentially, then that would be every seven miles or so. Yeah, but you have difference, you know, just sometimes we will not have any aid station for 18, 20K. And sometimes we will have one aid station, 6K run, and another aid station. Depends on the difficulty of the trail as well. The area that you're yeah. in, of course, that makes sense. Uh, those, how many 18 to 20K sections were there then? Of A few? <laughs> yeah let's see just those uh, must have been difficult and did you end up in those longer sections at night or during the day it depends when do you run and what time you reach that station for sure yeah. i did but do you remember a long section being at night and just taking a long time because i'm sure that would be difficult right uh yeah but my second last one i think was called a long one <laughs> Because corner, to, yeah, I I did a twenty five k, and I was in the evening, and you start That's by your seven k on the beach, and the tide was up. So that means I was in deep sand, soft sand. I did seven k of soft sand, and after I did eighteen k on sandy path in the dark. That's that's a very difficult. Uh, task especially that sounds like i mean that's over 150 miles in yeah had to do that right yeah. that was, that's amazing how you push through that long 25k night section i mean of course the whole adventure as a whole is beyond incredible albeit 
when you when you focus at certain present moments, I'm sure that was the hardest section in ways for you to get yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, right? it was pretty hard. I I had a tough time on the on the first night as well because I I hurt myself a couple of times, but I I didn't see some roots and some rock on the path, and I knocked my shoes in it and fell and everything. Mm. Like, you know, when you run and you knock the end of your shoes, it hurts your toe and everything. But you know that was the first night was quite tough for me as well. I didn't, I was not ready for it, I guess. And but after I just reassess and just pull up myself up and done. Just when I reach the next, the next morning was good. <laughs> That's good to hear. That's, I mean, when you're doing and when you're on an adventure like this for just under three days, there's bound to be it only takes one second for something like that to happen. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that it was minimal enough for you to be able to continue on and, yeah. and, and have the beyond incredible journey that you did of 215 miles approximately yeah. beyond amazing brother. I I'm curious. It, it, it sounds like the, the vast majority of this journey was, independent for you how how many how much of the mileage were did you have pacing or pacers um i had i basically had my partner was my crew from beginning to end and i did 140k run by myself i had a pacer a friend of mine come and run with me for 60k and after i gone and i did another 140 by myself 60k in the yeah. middle of it of yeah. the 340 kilometers yeah. 345 <laughs> uh, you, you you had to do 280 kilometers independently yeah but it has been a really really good thing as is my kitten my pacer is He's one of my friends I meet on Backyard Ultra. Amazing. He, he knows what is to run long distance as well. And he's a coach as well. He just, you know, we, we know and we we love, we are in it. We love study people. We love to, like for him to come with me was a good thing. As he stayed mostly on my back, he was mostly a support for me. And he was matching my pace. And maybe for the last 10K with him, he takes the lead and he say, all right, let's pace up a bit. He say, I see you have energy. Let's pace up a bit. When you're done, you let me know. And we did 7K at 6.30 pace. And is where we overtake everyone ahead of us. And is where people just saw me overtaking them and say, oh, Thibaut is so strong. We can't catch him. Just he will, uh, he will take the second pace. And is what give me the second place is because they say, okay, let's pace up for the next 6K. And is what we did. That's amazing yeah. that he uh, was able to push you uh, at that point, at, during those points when he knew you still had plenty of endurance and, and strength yeah. left to run that type of pace, especially mm -hmm. over 90, 100 miles. That's that's very difficult to be running 630 kilometers uh, and I'm glad that he 
was there to support you and and drive you forward in in running Thank that you. type of pace uh, during those mid stages of this adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it was actually very good. I'm so glad he was there. I'm so glad he he, he helped me and pushed me. And yeah, just that was just before the second sleep station, just to do the effort here. I know when we arrive at the next head station, I can have a sleep and I can rise a bit. Definitely, but, definitely. Yeah. And which, of course, despite you only having two hours of sleep in this 67 hour uh, endeavor <laughs> journey, you, you, of course, there were many times you rested at aid stations and, and of course, took good care of yourself um, to continue on, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's great. And I'm happy that uh, your partner, uh, I, I believe I've seen in your post, I believe her name's Claire. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I'm happy that Claire, your partner, was able uh, to be there for you uh, and to support you during this uh, life-changing journey for you. So it's and, you know, she she's know, knowing me very well. She's been my crew for the last many long race I did, and she now she at the stage where she knows exactly when I arrive. She knows. Oh, he's not in the mood. CTR, do this, do that. And and sometimes she saw me, I'm on the mood and we will have a joke or everything. But she knows exactly just how, when I arrived, how to get me, basically. And honestly, during this race, I did not miss anything, anything at all. Sometimes I arrived just not really angry, but she's here, she has food ready. She forced me a little bit to eat because as well, if you're not hungry, you have to eat. Just... All my drinks was ready. I just had to take them, put them in my bag, give my empty one, and everything was ready at each head station. It was so easy. It's been so smooth. It just, I don't want to do it with anyone else. Definitely, she's of course your uh, your your partner in life, and uh, and she she knows you inside out. And I, I, I'm incredibly grateful, and I, I, of course, you're the most grateful that she was there for you across these three days. It's it's incredibly selfless and and amazing of her, and I, I'm sure, of course, you will say that it's entirely impossible this whole adventure without her and without the pacer, uh, without all of the amazing uh, uh, personnel involved in organizing this uh, organized ultra marathon. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, we everyone is really just amazed by the fact I've been running three days with two hours and a half sleep. But she's been going from start to end, stop at each head station, help me, and she was she had what maybe two hours more of sleep than me because the time you know she's find a spot stopped get comfy to rest, I was there. Just, you know, <laughs> she didn't have much time and everything. We had a, a, a four-wheel drive with a roof tent, and I think she opened the roof tent once. She, at the beginning, because when she did it, she said, it's not, it's not enough time to set up everything, sleep, because we have to go again. Oh, I think she opened the roof tent once, and she never opened it after <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny that's uh it, it it truly puts it into perspective of course uh crew members i mean the crew 101 rules is that uh once you take care of uh 
your your adventurer, your ultra marathoner, you get to the next point right away. You get everything ready, and then if there's any time, you can rest. Yeah. And that, that makes sense that she only had four hours of sleep when when it's like yeah. that. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, if if I have to give an advice about it for any people who listen to us right now, if you if you go for a long adventure like that and you get a crew, don't get a crew for having a crew. Because if you have a crew who don't know you, who don't work on the same way as you or don't think like you, they will go against you not voluntary but is it will not work sometimes it's better if your crew don't know you enough it may be better to do it alone me i'm lucky claire know me enough we work together plenty of time our life goes smoothly just we 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 have the same vision about it and it's for that it work but sometimes just to say oh I'm taking a crew just to have a crew. It will not work. Is one of my big advice to give to people is be smart when you choose your person to go with. Absolutely, that makes perfect sense. You're you're going on this uh, incredibly challenging adventure, and you need to uh, have a crew, or even just one individual uh, in your crew who knows you inside and out. And if if they're new to crewing you it's important to establish like a plan and and how that will work and how it will be successful of course yeah, that makes sense i one of my biggest questions for you is what would you say are your three biggest takeaways from this adventure uh in terms of ultra marathon and overall all right first one to not set goal. When you go for this kind of distance, don't say, oh, I want to do, as well if it's your first time, I want to do this time, I want to beat this. No, don't set goal. Just start, and during the race is where everything gets decided. But at the beginning, just go and enjoy the process. First one. Second one will be gear. Just you have to study the gear. I never run with gator. I never needed gator. But in this one, my, my shoes was full of sand all the time. I got blisters due to the sand. I had to stop to empty my shoes and simply because I didn't have gator. And when I watched all the people around of me, 98% of people had gator. My mistake for not knowing. And my last big takeaway, honestly, is just go have fun. It's a challenge, you know, you just don't take it seriously. Just go for fun. It's a full community here. Or they, if you go, you will see the volunteer. They are here to help you to go to the end. But that's it. They just want to have fun, they just want you to have fun. And as well, when you're tired, try to keep the smile. The, the positive attitude will just help you to go to the end. And honestly, this is a big one. Just have fun during the race. And just, if you need to sleep, stop and sleep. Not a problem. You know, just, this is, yeah, this will be my biggest one. 
those are all amazing takeaways, brother. I I, I have a, a special appreciation for all of them. Uh, and I, I think our, our whole audience will have a special appreciation for all of them. Uh, specifically the second one with regards to gators, I, I, I would think that only applies to certain types of terrain and, and distances that are incredibly far, such as this. Would you agree? Yeah, just I never been in the need for it, but now I know just this is my next. My the, I'm looking for a good pair of gator right now. I just want to buy another one for the next race. That makes perfect sense. So that that brings me to my final question for you, Thibaut. Uh, when are these next two two hundred plus mile? Because it's at least two hundred miles. Let's be honest. When yes. are these next two grand adventures of the Triple Crown under? The next one is the uh, beginning of May. We start on the seventh of May and is in is here uh, in South Australia. And the last one is in New South Wales. Yeah, New South Wales or oh, Queensland. It's in the northwest of Australia. It's in August. Yeah. We'll, uh, it starts in Cairns. It just... that's, that's good to hear that they're spaced out. I'm glad that you've got two and a half months to prepare for the next, to recover and then to prepare. Absolutely. Well, Thibault, this has been such an incredible uh, conversation, and I'm I, I, I'm completely amazed by your journey uh, in life, uh, and uh, and you're you're an amazing human being, and uh, and uh, of course, looking forward to having you on the podcast again in the future to talk to talk about your next two adventures. Definitely, we can do uh, one after the second race again. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, let's let's do that. Uh, and so, obviously, I've, obviously, you've been on the podcast before. I'm sure you know how we wrap things up, and and yes. that is with Run Wild. <laughs>And that's a wrap on this episode of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast from Sean Solbon and Russell the Runner. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP. Check out our YouTube channel at Trail Tales ARP. And you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Catch you next time. Run wild.